0: Hello, and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where you take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena.
1: I'm your other host, Sean.
0: And this week, we are watching the show Ultraman Orb. Kalena. Sean.
1: What do you know about Ultraman? Him's an orb. Is he, though? Probably not. Give me... Okay, you're you're not Googling anything, right?
0: I'm going to say every single time I've ever thought or talked about Ultraman, I meant Gent Jaguar.
1: That is true. (laughs) You know this about me. I do know this about you.
0: (laughs) Because for whatever reason, I can't help but get them confused.
1: Okay. Um, do you know anything about what Ultraman is or the Ultra series?
0: As far as I know, Ultraman is kind of like Common Rider where it's like one dude is the main character and he is like the guy. He is the Ultraman and Monster of the Week, probably.
1: All right. Yes, it is a prominent tokusatsu uh, monster series. Um, it's a... Besides Godzilla and to an extent Gamera... Uh, Ultraman is the most prominent uh, Daikaiju star uh, in the tokusatsu genre.
0: Can you explain the words you just said?
1: Uh, okay. Um, so?
0: I know Kaiju is big monsters.
1: Yeah. Uh, daikaiju is for the super giant monsters that tower over the buildings.
0: Okay, so not just big monsters, but like real big monsters.
1: Yeah, Daikaiju or Kaiju for short uh, are all of those famous Japanese monsters, uh, which people might... (laughs) It's come to my attention uh, from the conversations around the upcoming Godzilla film uh, is that a lot of Westerners were not aware that there were other Daikaiju monsters besides Godzilla. So when (laughs) Rodan and Mothra and... (laughs) Um, King Ghidorah. But it took me a, a second for some reason to remember his name, uh, even though he's one of the best. <laughs> uh, when they showed up in the trailer, uh, it you know left a lot of people being like, "Whoa, wow, was that a thing?" You know.
0: Yeah, I I remember in the I think it was the most recent American Godzilla back in. Buck. Was that like 2015? Or earlier?
1: Uh I thought it was 14.
0: Um, but that one had not just Godzilla, and I think it was the first Western movie that had more than just that that boy.
1: Uh perhaps. Or that girl depending. Perhaps. But um yeah, those were interesting ones. They're not they're not the most They, they did not really make an impact.
0: The Western Godzilla movies?
1: No the uh, the uh, the monster is in the last Western Godzilla movie. Yeah, and I fa-
0: honestly I barely remember that movie except Godzilla was rad as hell.
1: I remember it pretty well. <laughs> I was pretty into it, but um, uh, we're gotten way off track. So tokusatsu anyway. is the Japanese term for live action that uses a lot of special effects. Uh, technically, Doctor Who and maybe even the Avengers films uh, would qualify as also being tokusatsu series. Uh, but, um,
0: I have a question. Yes. Is it generally that those are effects are practical or only when they first started doing it?
1: Well, special effects are special effects, whether or not they are practical or digital.
0: Yeah, but I, because of when they started doing, um, you know, these types of shows like Super Sentai, um, they kind of were bound by practical effects.
1: Right. It was Um, optical effects and mechanical effects. A lot of pyrotechnics and a lot of miniaturized buildings and rubber costumes.
0: Yeah, and what I've seen now is they're moving more towards CGI, but it's not always.
1: Um, yeah, well, generally, CGI has just become, it's advanced a lot. It's become a lot more cheaper to integrate with live action, even on television. Yeah. Uh, not that a lot of Tokusatsu series care about the CG integrating in in an elegant way. <laughs> nope. 100% nope. Tokusatsu uh, <laughs> can be quite cartoony. Um, it and- is,
0: honestly, that's what I like about it, is that it's basically just watching a live-action superhero cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a live-action superhero show. It's a live-action cartoon.
1: It is... Stylistically and writing-wise, there is crossover in talent and style from both the J-drama and the anime um, fields. Uh, So it is, at least in the modern day, heavily influenced and kind of like the almost the offspring of both. Although I would not necessarily... No, no. Even in its origins, it was pretty heavily influenced by uh, legendary manga artist Shotaro Ishinomori. So it's always Mm -hmm. sort of been the it's always sort of been the offspring of cartoons and uh, Japanese dramas. Um, Well, I was
0: gonna say, and and more recently, with regards to drama, I I they probably have always done this, but it's um, I guess more you can pinpoint it more recently. That they're like, this is a character that could be from a drama because they act dramatically and they're hot. (laughs) (laughs) They use models as they're like kids show characters.
1: Yeah, but even back in the 70s, they were looking for hot guys to be on TV. I believe that part of the philosophy is um, for the moms.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just can't think of, a, I guess, an equivalent American show that I watched when I was a kid where the character would be hot to an
1: adult. I don't know. But uh, in Japan, it's been noted several times, uh, uh, events in, in children's programming, where in tokusatsu and in anime, where it's been notable events where mothers have mourned the passing of specific characters. Hmm. From both Ashton Ojo and uh, from uh, the Sentai series Jetman.
0: Hey, another one I can get confused.
1: <laughs> but
0: um, So anything specific about Ultraman?
1: Can you try to describe to me what you think an Ultraman looks like? Because they do have similar appearances to each other.
0: Is Ultraman silver?
1: He is silver.
0: Does he look like a robot?
1: He can... In the old
0: ones. In the old ones. In the old ones? Did he look like a robot in the old ones?
1: Well, he is very chrome. And he's got sort of those empty light-up eyes, and he's got a bright light on his chest. So I would say he does very much look robotic.
0: That's all I can really think of. And then I know Jet Jaguar gets big, but that's not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Does Ultraman get big? Does he get big to scale with the monsters?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, that is something Ultraman does that Kamen Rider does not do.
1: Yeah. Uh, wh- Where is the Super Sentai, the Power Rangers, rely on a giant robot to face a giant monster? Uh, and Kamen Rider usually doesn't need to worry about the monster's growing giant. Uh, in Ultraman, the Daikaiju giant stage of the buildings uh, is the main stage of the action.
0: Yeah. And Ultraman himself gets big to combat it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes throughout the series, although this is an English translation, the Ultraman are sort of referred to as giants or titans of light. You know, shimmering giants.
0: Nice. That's kind of poetic. Mm-hmm. A titan of light.
1: (laughs) But, uh, one of the, like, main hooks of the whole franchise, um... Basically, the series started sort of as like a almost an X-Files-esque show about, although it was um, a anthology series of uh, fantastical sci-fi uh, horror scenarios.
0: I like that. I like the sound. I like all the words you just said.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those episodes were, of course, about Daikaiju and Ultraman was sort of a spiritual successor to that series uh, that balanced giant robot fights like you might see in a Godzilla film uh, with uh, the other side of it was almost an X-Files-esque drama about the characters who would be on various sort of science teams uh, investigating supernatural phenomenon, uh, including, uh, because in Ultra Q that included... Uh, giant monsters, aliens, ghosts, and various other things. Uh, in the Ultra series of Ultraman, that's focused on the giant monsters. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I think that we've pretty thoroughly set the stage here.
0: Yeah, I think we did good.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I do want to mention that Ultraman is not made by Toei, who makes Comrade and Super Sentai, even though. It's definitely, like, up there. It's it's pretty much one of the big three tokusatsu heroes. Uh, but is made by uh, Tsuburaya.
0: Do they make anything else I would have heard of?
1: <sighs> mm. Probably not. <laughs> They're mostly just uh, the Ultraman special effects studio.
0: They're the Ultraman dudes. Yeah. They do Ultraman. Mm-hmm all right well let's get into it i'm excited hell yeah hell yeah
1: bon appetit (laughs) sorry should i have said something kalena save us from bad episode transitions with your giant love light powers (laughs) i'm gone use use your henshin device back. Well, anyways, um, what'd you think? You've never watched Ultraman before. I've never watched any Ultraman ever. Mm-hmm. So this was Ultraman Orb, which is the 28th entry into the Ultraman franchise. Uh, and that's it's a cel- lot
0: more Ultraman than I expected.
1: Uh, yeah, Well, uh, it's a pretty popular series. This is the series that celebrates its 50th anniversary. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so that's why he's always bringing back old monsters and old Ultramans.
1: I mean, pretty much. Yeah, the cards are... There's definitely sort of a um, fan of the franchise, sort of a history thing going on there.
0: Yeah, which is which is nice, though, because at the end of every episode after the credits, they tell you, like, this is what series the monster is from, and this is the Ultraman that defeated him. Sort of. Which is nice, because I don't know anything about Ultraman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like... There's a little bit of a barrier to entry, but not a huge one. Mm
1: -hmm. So, uh, in basically the three episodes that we covered so far, uh, you've got your science crew. You've got your mysteries sort of phenomenon that needs to be solved. It's all tangled up in the whole natural disaster daikaiju sort of bond thing. Uh, And then Ultraman comes by, does some WWE moves, and then Harmonica's (laughs) off into the sunset.
0: Yeah, that's the plot.
1: Well, <laughs> in a nutshell.
0: Do you want to do like a more thorough plot synopsis or is that.
1: No, I'm wondering if you have any specific questions about the. What's the word? The episode structure. That's the words. What do you mean? I'm asking if you have any specific <laughs> questions about the episode structure. I
0: mean, they seem like normal episodes to me. Very monster of the week, common writer stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing you kind of glazed over, I guess, that I wanted to mention is because you mentioned the difference between the SSP and the VTL. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I didn't know what the VTL was. I still don't know what it stands for. But the SSP is the three main characters and it's the something search people in English.
1: Yeah, when she says something search people, she's not forgetting any part of the acronym. The first S in SSP stands for something.
0: Yeah, and, um, yeah, I forgot that that might sound weird. But in English, it is something search people, and they call it the SSP. And, um, they're basically like, like cryptid hunters.
1: Yeah, only in the world of. Ultraman, where the Dai come by, and yeah,
0: where it's to, legit,
1: yeah, and you have to ev- evacuate the people of Tokyo and then rebuild everything really fast,
0: yeah, and then the VTL are is like the government organization that evacuates people and are supposed to help, but the SSP is our main characters, so they're the more important,
1: mm-hmm. so for and they v- figure
0: stuff out faster usually,
1: yeah. So far, VTLs jets and stuff have never come by uh, and actually gotten into the battle with Ultraman. Mm -hmm. Uh, But usually in the Ultra series, um, Ultraman will be working undercover as part of the organization, Mm -hmm. keeping his identity secret from his fellow members. uh, And sometimes... Uh, he will fly out with them in the cool jets that they do and they'll sh- shoot at the monsters and stuff and that will usually be part of the series.
0: That's cool. So that's kind of a big difference with this series is that the VTL, the only part of the VTL that's like a part of the plot and a part of the characters is um, the, so the girl, the one girl in the whole show, her uncle is in VTL and he's around a lot. But otherwise VTL is kind of pointless.
1: He's a main character, but they are shown Essentially, they're securing the city, they're securing the safety of the citizens, whether it's uh, keeping them away from dangerous areas that have been destroyed by Daikaiju fights or um, uh, it's implied evacuating the city um, and, they're, and they're pretty much a government organizations, So they're probably connected to the same sort of uh, societal awareness uh, and, um, what's the word? Movements that, uh, that lead to things like Guy sort of lamenting how now there's a skyscraper in the way of this great sunset. And then... Who? Oh, Guy is, uh, Ultraman. Our main character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he is a vagrant.
0: G-A-I. Yes. But- He's a pretty cool guy.
1: Kurnai guy. He is a vagrant. He loves this one bathhouse where he likes to get Ramune. Uh, He's basically Superman.
0: He's Uh, basically, he's more Superman than Clark Kent in Smallville.
1: Basically. Him mm -hmm. do
0: lots of flying.
1: He he does a lot of rescuing his intrepid reporter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: What was I saying about him, though?
0: Oh, he doesn't like skyscrapers anymore. Oh. Because he likes to harmonica into the sunset. He likes to harmonica into the
1: sunset. But basically, you know, he can be seen lamenting that the skyscrapers in the way of a really beautiful sunset. And then he can get into a, a kaiju fight as Ultraman, uh, and a bunch of buildings will get smashed. And then he can be lamenting that, man, that building is, ar- I'm watching the sunset now, but that building is already going up over it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wanted to mention that because uh, it's pretty much heavily implied that basically, you know, giant monsters are sort of accepted. Uh, there are institutions do that are studying, that are dealing with them, that are, uh, dealing with the fallout of the city being destroyed by them weekly.
0: Well, I had mentioned that it seems like in every fight that, um, the only people who are around during the fight are the SSP and the VTL usually. Mm -hmm. And there aren't like citizens on the ground generally around the fights, and I was like, oh, they're just going to pretend that people aren't there. And you said, well, probably they got evacuated.
1: Yeah, because we do see people um, in danger from uh, Megabasa mm-hmm. in uh, episode one uh, when he brought down his tornadoes. I think the first thing that we saw was terrorizing civilians. Yeah, but
0: other than episode one, we never saw regular civilians being in danger. The only person who gets in danger is is mm-hmm. our main character.
1: But one of our main characters, uh, Jetta, I think... Uh, he has a a very impressive speech in episode three, where it's like, okay, sure, we're goofy. Sometimes we find the whole giant fights thing entertaining, but also being here on the front uh, and reporting as it is live gives people just that extra second, more time of awareness to evacuate.
0: Right. So yeah, I thought that was interesting that it was like, they basically run a, I think I already mentioned they run a blog for for the kaiju stuff basically
1: mm-hmm. and um, make it really viciously flamed on the internet
0: yeah they're not a popular blog but because they're getting the information firsthand they usually put it out first mm-hmm. and even though the vtl is there they're not reporting anything so he's like our job is more important than you think because we give people the chance to evacuate
1: mm-hmm. uh presumably because they're sort of like uh Vigilant civilian investigations. They're, I was going to say they're
0: incredibly intrepid.
1: Very intrepid <laughs> investigations. <laughs> they're just around. I love their gizmos that don't work and they're <laughs> videoing the giant robot fights with yeah. their phones and such.
0: So you mentioned Jetta. Jetta is kind of like the face and cameraman. Mm-hmm. Um, he—that's what he does mm-hmm. so far. Um, then there's Shin, who is the inventions guy.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, he is.
0: He had three inventions in episode three. Right. For problems that popped up in episode three. Yeah. He just made the inventions in like 20 minutes.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I think this is one of those formula conversions that happens when you don't have an organization that is putting out gizmos for the team (laughs) um, in the camera's main focus. But uh, he is a traditional uh, mad science verbose, was a genius since he was a kid and still hasn't gotten over that fact Mm -hmm. uh, kind of character. Uh,
0: Um, Yeah, I think he's, I think they're all fun, which is something I, I don't know. I don't think that a lot of the times the characters are similar to each other in an organization type. I think a lot of people follow the like Scooby-Doo model where every character has to fill a specific niche. And while these characters have specific, you know, jobs on their team they get along because they're similar people they're all like really into the kaiju, and they're all kind of silly and they're all just uh, they all love
1: doing the SSP work mm-hmm. they're very into it they're very very—they're so, very fun characters it's They've nice got, I, I appreciate that they have um, like you're not dealing with an organization here, you're not dealing with oh I am the ace pilot, no I am the ace pilot oh, yeah. what you're dealing with is just bunch of goofs who come across both in the writing and in the acting as just like genuine friends with each other who are not cruel with each other who are just sometimes annoyed by each other but who are all passionate about the same thing and they're kind to each other
0: yeah it's it's just definitely like like i said you just don't see people who are very like similar to each other and you can tell why they're friends because they get along
1: really well we don't even have a lot of backstory on them, but I already, I want to support them.
0: I support them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, so the third member of the SSP is the only female main character.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's arguably the most main of all the characters.
0: She is the most main character. It focuses on her a lot. Um, her name is Naomi, but Shin and Jedi call her Cap. Mm-hmm. because she runs kind of the financial side of the SSP. She seems to be the only one making money <laughs> because Shin and Jetta are just kind of doing SSP stuff all the time. And she's like, well, I'm going to go to my job so we can
1: stay here. Shin is the science guy and uh, Jetta is the guy who is running the blog. Yeah. Uh, well, she is the one who is paying the rent. Basically. Um, um, so, but she is also the one who makes all of the official decisions for the group. So at the very least, since she's paying the rent, she is also the executive power.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's why they call her Cap, is she's Mm -hmm. just kind of the one running things, even though, again, it's not like, it's not like maliciously like, well, I'm the leader and you have to do what I say. It's just kind of like, she makes good decisions, so we're going to ask her to make the decisions.
1: (laughs) Right. There's no hard feelings among the group other than... Ah, it! she has to be responsible and she can't hang out with us and do SSP right (laughs) now. It's like, what do you mean you have a job?
0: What do you mean you pay the rent? (laughs) We we don't just hunt daikaiju all day every day?
1: (laughs) Well, they're not that ignorant, but they do wish it was different.
0: Yeah. Um, But the other thing she does in the show, which is kind of annoying, is be clumsy, because she's a female character and they have to be clumsy and be saved. Is she clumsy? She is. She fell three times in the third episode. She years. fell over Shin, who was sleeping on the floor. Well, that's
1: because she tr- she he was there to trip she her, She fell basically. at her
0: job for no apparent reason.
1: Then, no, she didn't fall for no apparent reason. You might not have seen it. But, like, she's, like, trying to hand things out to, like, rude passerbys. And some guy just, like, basically, like, knocks her over because he's like, I don't want yeah. anything.
0: <laughs> and then the third time you don't see her fall, but you hear her fall. Hear her fall? You hear her go, ah, and then she's on the ground. When... I I just remember, like, there was a point where she's, like, off camera and you
1: hear her fall and you hear, like, a crash noise. Was it in the third episode? Yeah. Was that... Okay, so that wasn't when...
0: I'm just saying, no one else falls. It's just Fair so enough. she can be, like, cutesy and clumsy. And so Guy can, like, save her so she doesn't get sucked up into a tornado. So they can have some sort of weird romance.
1: That... The second part I get, I just sort of expect it as, like, a Superman thing yeah. for her to, since she is, like, a, she is always the one who is, like, running into the danger
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that he sort of, like, Superman grabs her.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I guess the other stuff, because there there was always, like, you know, monster earthquakes or Juggler yeah. <laughs> tossing her or something, I just sort of accepted it at face value because there was always, like, a reason why she got knocked over.
0: Right. But again, literally no other character falls down. And she falls down thrice in one episode.
1: Well, it's not like they're all standing tall when the monsters are shaking buildings, but...
0: (laughs) But you know what I mean. No, you are right.
1: It is a trend that I wouldn't have noticed.
0: It's a common complaint I do have with togusatsu media is that they... Usually main characters are men, Mm -hmm. and usually the characters who are women just kind of get pushed to the side or like are very stereotypical. Hmm. She's less so and that she is like more of a main character than a female character would usually be and she does have more agency than usual, but it still falls into a lot of like weird tropey stuff. Interesting. Like the villain is super into her in a creepy way. His name is
1: Juggler. Just Juggler. It's just Juggler. Do you want to know his real full name?
0: No, I've been calling him Bandora
1: <laughs> because he makes the monsters. Because he makes the monsters. Makes the monsters grow. <laughs> um,
0: What's his full name?
1: His his full, for real, actual name. His actual Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that <laughs> because I do know some vague stuff about his backstory. Uh, so I'm not sure if this was his birth name, but his name is Jugglus Juggler. Jugglus Juggler. <laughs> nice. So, what would you think of the
0: toys? They're very, you could tell, it's so funny in all of these shows, you can tell what's a toy, because it's the only thing that's obviously made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're fun. I hope there is, because, so they have these, so Guy has got, um, so Guy has got this ring that he uses to transform. So there, there's that, and then he's got his kind of like trading cards um, with the Ultraman on it, and he uses two of them to combine into his Ultraman form, Mm -hmm. and the ring glows blue when he does it, or whatever color the Ultraman is. Yes. Um, And then Juggler has also got a ring, and it glows red when he uses it, and he, the trading cards he uses are the monster trading cards to, like, raise other monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's pretty cool if it, like, you could get the toy and it actually glows, and the trading cards obviously.
1: Yeah, it's pretty obviously selling the sort of, like, gimmicks of, like, glowing and, like, oh, Hold the card in the middle of the ring, and it'll, like, scan it, it'll read it, and the toy will, like, chime out a name. All, all, a lot of, like, pretty much all of the, like, recent toys are all about, you plug in the extra bits.
0: Yeah, about, like, being interactive.
1: Yeah, you interactively, you plug in the extra bits, and it pulls from its computer, like, one of, like, a hundred, like, voice lines. Yeah. For all the little toy gizmos you can grab. <laughs> so... I think they're pretty cool. I don't think they're
0: not as ridiculous as some of the toys I've seen.
1: They're they they don't stand out in the world as something ridiculous as much as some of the toys do in other Tokusatsu series.
0: Yeah. Um well for example, um Kamen Rider Ghost, he had a belt with a big eyeball on it, and it just was like it looked like a big plastic fanny pack that you would put like eyeball-shaped toys into. Mm -hmm. And so I think that one really stands out in the world as like, what? (laughs) As like, what is this? That's literally a a children's toy you're wearing. But in this show, it's very much like, I could see that as being like some kind of cool looking technology, I guess. (laughs) It's plastic still, but if it wasn't plastic, it could fit better.
1: Is it, because it is a, a strange ring device, presumably from an alien society, uh, that it's a lot more acceptable than the Henshin than the flip phone, Henshin, like flip phones and belts toys.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's exactly it. Just because it looks more futuristic. I guess it's more like, oh, that could fit. Than like, this is a flip phone. No one's had that in mm. 15 years.
1: Because it's a bit more esoteric.
0: It's, yeah. And especially when you see like a plastic flip phone that looks like a two year old should have it. It feels very, like, juvenile, I guess. Well, come
1: on. The, the Wild Force Morphers. I was so into them as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were pretty bad. <laughs> but I loved my little action figure cell phone. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, one thing that was really weird is, so, the very first episode of this show, mm-hmm. the first, like, minute and a half, Um. there is, you see Ultraman fighting a kaiju, mm-hmm. and you see a white woman who presumably dies. Presumably it was Guy's, like, girlfriend and she's dead now. I have no idea what was going on, but it starts with, like, a really dramatic and dire scene and then it goes into the rest of the show and I don't know what the fuck was happening. Mm. And it hasn't explained it yet, which is, like, we've only watched three episodes, but I thought they were going to feed us, like,
1: they were going to drip feed us information, but no, they've just been like, that's it? We're just going to give you a taste of... (laughs) our, like, main hero's backstory, just, like, real quick, and then ignore it for the rest of the setup. Yeah, we're
0: gonna ignore it until we're into the real shit, and then mm-hmm. maybe he'll tell you something.
1: Yeah, the only person who is in, like, the only character who is, like, dropping us any information is actually Juggler, if you, like, really pay attention yeah. to his lines uh, about... Like, A, obviously, he is collecting these, like, four elemental beast cards for some reason.
0: Right. So the first four episodes. And in the third episode, he specifically mentions, like, oh, when you get me the fourth, the fourth element is going to be red as fuck. Yeah. Because he wants Earth to die for unknown reasons. <laughs> um, But yeah, so the episodes we saw, he collected. So, okay. Just, like, a quick thing. Every time Ultraman beats a monster, Ultraman gets the card of the other Ultraman that beat that monster before and Juggler gets that monster's card. Mm-hmm. So presumably they both can use him again. So Juggler has gotten all the cards of the air, the earth and the water monsters. And he's like, I'm going to get the fourth monster and it's going to be great. So it kind of tells you like, Oh, there's a four episode arc happening here. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, well, what the fuck is going to happen after that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very short tokusatsu also.
1: Twenty-five episodes.
0: Yeah, because all the ones I've seen at least run weekly for a whole year. Yeah, so it's about half as long as most of them. Mm. So if you're like me, who's allergic to long series, it's, it's a super, bit more.
1: It's super watchable. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that like the episodes don't feel as long as they are.
0: Yeah, we watched when we watched the first episode yesterday. I it was over and I was like, "What? It's been twenty five minutes already."
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty uh, well paced, you know. Yeah, and, like it's pretty easy to like get into the action.
0: Well, and I think that's why the twenty five episodes, why it's only twenty five episodes, because the pace doesn't relent—not
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a bad way. It's just like you're invested the whole time. There's no dragging.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Oh, were you waiting for me to bring something up?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, So there is also another... What? You want to look at my notes? It doesn't make any sense.
1: I'm curious. No. Sure.
0: Um... I wrote their cute and enthusiasm under Something Search People, just because mm-hmm. they're cute and enthusiastic.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I like all of the characters a lot so far. I like the moment where um, Uncle comes out of the dust, like, revealing that he is alive in episode three. And they're like, as a public servant, should you really be making us civilians worried? And he's <laughs> he, like, comes
0: out of the dust, and gives a huge thumbs up, and they're like, we thought you were fucking dead. <laughs>
1: He's a good dude. I don't think that you. You weren't expecting him to be a good dude.
0: Yeah, because in episode one, he's like, you guys need to get out of here. I don't approve of your job, basically. I don't approve of your hobby. And so I thought he was gonna. I thought he was going to be a jerk for the rest of the series that was like, we'll let the government handle it, but by episode three, he's like just really chill hanging out with them and letting them do their thing.
1: Mm-hmm. The whole like stinky water episode was f- so fucking funny.
0: Yeah, I think episode three was the best one of the ones we
1: watched so far. Mm-hmm. Just because it was...
0: It was funny and you get a lot of like cool interactions and you get a little more plot knowledge than you had before.
1: Yeah, and you can tell each episode that like guys interacting with S.S.P. more and more. Yeah. So, like, they're slowly building a relationship. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a, like, really solid self-contained story, considering. I think
0: so. And I'm- so, you have been calling this the setup arc. You've watched more than me, so you probably know. But I'm- I'm assuming either in episode four, since that is going to be the last of the, like, Earth, Wind, I don't Water, Fire arc, um, that they're either going to find out he's Ultraman- because they don't know right now, mm-hmm. but they're probably going to find out in episode four or five. So at the end of the arc or maybe next arc. Um, Cause I can't imagine this show going on for much longer because every time they see him Ultraman happens. <laughs> it's like every time. Cause they're chasing the monsters and he's also chasing the monsters.
1: I'll okay. I'll admit to you that I didn't, I don't remember if I even watched past episode five, <laughs> but it was either episode like five or six. I remember like, a large part of the plot being, is Guy
0: Ultraman? Is Guy Ultraman?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Guy Ultraman? So that was nice. Um uh, I, I think that uh, an important thing to, like, note from everything sort of that, like, of all the things that, like, Juggler, like, mentions, like, not just his ramblings about destroying the Earth. Yeah. Or about what romance is like.
0: He very creepily rambles about romance at um Naomi a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. His problematic views,
0: problematic um, views.
1: But the most important conversation he actually has is the conversation that he has when he and Guy are confronting each other, and he has Guy's ring, and they're <laughs> chilling in front of the stinky monster. Because <laughs> um, he like he sort of, he sort of like mentions like, "Hey, I want to have like a serious battle with you," and sort of like implies that like Guy just isn't like not really like mustering. The like serious strength, yeah, and he's like, "Look at what you've been reduced to, relying on other Ultramen in order to f- be able to transform at all.
0: Right, So I guess there is going to be like a guy specific Ultraman form, although it is guy specific when he combines other two other Ultramen. Mm-hmm. They have specific names. That is not like this Ultraman plus that Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, which is nice that it's implying that like you're not doing full strength. Do
1: better. No. Presumably, his full strength is the form that we saw in the prologue, but uh, but where he like set off a bomb, but with less with his fists, (laughs) (laughs) but with less bloom all over him, so that you can actually see him when he does use it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, did my notes help?
1: Hmm? No, I just thought they were cute. Also, they're not as um, indecipherable as you implied.
0: Um. But now that I'm looking at my notes, um, you kept saying that since they couldn't solve where the monsters were with science, they turned to pseudoscience. <laughs> but it was more like they turned to uh, like mythology and spirituality.
1: Yeah, well, um, there's a lot of that in Ultraman where it's like historically and mythologically that the Daikaiju have been like around for a long time. And sometimes yeah. you can look into those sources and figure stuff out.
0: In episode two, Shin is thinking... So there are sinkholes opening up, and Shin decides that two of them are are on a fault line. And he goes, oh, they're going to be along the fault line. And then that doesn't happen. And so he's like, well, I'm going to look at this ancient map of... Oh, what are they called? Dragon lines. Dragon lines. I think well, it's like liminal spaces, basically. It's Feng Shui. Yeah. And so that map is actually the correct map that he should be looking at for like where to predict the sinkholes. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that they're kind of going back to... And I think it is still, like, pseudo-history in a lot of cases. Like, they look up old history of Mega Basser and stuff, (laughs) which is obviously not...
1: A mythological name.
0: But it's still, like, kind of interesting to see... It's kind of Buffy style, mm-hmm. I think. We're going to go back to the old texts rather than try to use, like, the
1: technology to figure out what's going on. But we're going to Google PDFs of the old text <laughs> instead, of, um,
0: instead having of having to go book. to
1: a dusty library because this is so much more convenient.
0: Yeah, and we got to get the plot done in 25 minutes. We don't have time for that.
1: <laughs> no. But what do you think of... Um, I know that you're enjoying the SSP investigations and all that stuff. but Yeah,
0: they're good friends.
1: What about the fights? Are you, like, because I know sometimes with you, uh, watching the fights is not always the most entertaining part of something. Sometimes mm-hmm. you tune out.
0: Um, I will say the fights aren't the most entertaining part, but they're not unentertaining, especially when you see very, like, WWE moves happening. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a part where he picks up the, the stink water monster, and he does the thing where he just, like, twirls him in a circle and then throws him after quote-unquote gaining momentum. And he
1: does a body slam after that. <laughs> it
0: just looks... It looks fun in the way that WWE is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's a giant monster.
1: <laughs> there's always a, like, a fun amount of, like, martial arts and, like, wrestling moves. And there've been there's a bit of crossover there with the tokusatsu genre. Yeah. But... I think that Ultraman is um, the one that has just like the most direct influence from wrestling because Mm -hmm. of like, because of the sort of like the slow movements of the Daikaiju fights. It's a bit everything. All the movements are a bit more deliberate. Yeah. And Ultraman gets a bit more like beat up. He's a little less stylish than, say, an agile Kamen Rider He he doesn't,
0: I don't think I've ever seen him do a flying kick.
1: Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. No, instead he, he throws laser.
0: Um, laser shuriken.
1: Laser... Not
0: shuriken. Saw. Um, throwing stars. <laughs> what do you call a throwing star? A shuriken. Is that a shuriken? Yes. Okay, I got confused. I thought I was saying the knife one.
1: It's the same thing, but with a it's different It's not name. the same. What? <laughs> Alright. When um, I was
0: into Naruto, I knew all the names for the fancy weapons. <laughs> I
1: don't anymore. Kunai?
0: Yeah, Kunai.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm done.
0: (laughs) Anyway, he has some cool laser shuriken that he throws at the monsters that usually don't do anything, but it still looks fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, I I do think I like these fights more than, say, more like Western fights, where if you look at serious fight scenes in Western media, it's like, okay, and I'm punching him and he threw me through a window or something, which is sometimes fun. Mm -hmm. And then he's kicking me and then I'm punching him. There's no like WWE flourishes Mm -hmm.
1: on, on fight scenes. (laughs) Um, I think one of my one, I think honestly, one of my favorite, like battle adjacent like scenes, like it's barely a scene, but it's there, Mm -hmm. uh, is how in episode two, the monster is shooting a laser through a bunch of buildings and guy dodges <laughs> from building to building ducking him away every time so yeah. so there's a lot of buildings with holes in them
0: it looks really cool
1: um, and after the end of the battle like they there's no like scripted like commentary mm-hmm. on it but all all of the ssp when they're like coming down from the adrenaline high of watching the fight, and then they like look out over the city and they see all of the like holes in the buildings.
0: <laughs> and uh, there's
1: just like a beat of like contemplating that fact. No dialogue, <laughs> but we cut from that. That's that was, very funny. It was
0: a really funny scene.
1: It reminds me a lot of another Ultraman show that I watched, um Mebius actually. Uh, oh yeah.
0: He uses Mebius in the first two episodes.
1: He no, he uses a uh, Tiga
0: Notice
1: T. He uses original Ultraman and he uses, oh, uses T. Gut to his in the third form. So, in the third episode, he uses Mebius. In yeah. Mebius, um, I remember, I believe this was the first episode of Mebius. He comes to Earth, he fights a monster, and he dodges around in the city, <laughs> like cartwheeling out of the way of lasers and stuff, and it blows up a bunch of buildings, uh, and he defeats the monsters. And we cut over to the crowd, and there's a bunch of people who are like cheering for Ultraman Mebius, and then there's. One of the guys I believe the organization was guts. there was one of the like, like organization guys he's in his uniform, I believe yeah, uh and he yells up at ultraman and he's like, "Look at the city, what did you save <laughs> uh, which was uh, that was an iconic ultraman moment
0: um but speaking of that scene specifically it's I think that scene is a very good example also of. How a lot of these shows now are not relying on fully practical effects or CGI. Um, but they seem to... They're doing really well at blending the two together. Because you can tell when you're watching the fight that Ultraman's a dude in the suit. The monster's a dude in the suit. Mm-hmm. And the city are like miniatures.
1: Do you like the rubber suits? I love the details ledgers I
0: love the rubber suits and the miniatures are super well detailed. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the practical effects are really nice. And so when they add the CGI, they can afford to spend more time on it mm-hmm. so the la- the lasers look good and the like the laser the attacks special beams yeah the special attacks and all of the like any attack that's not a practical effect that's not like a punch or whatever mm-hmm. looks good
1: because they didn't actually light the suit on fire <laughs> <laughs> I hope not no oh god I'm, I remember a couple of old Super Sentai episodes where there was definitely actual fire involved in some of those special attacks.
0: <laughs> all I remember from Super Sentai is them of, like, not fire, but, like, fake bombs going off around them where it's just, like, a little explosion of smoke. And it's like, oh, no, this is a big attack.
1: <laughs> yeah, all of the actors are doing backflips onto the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, love that. But, yeah, I think... It it looks nice, because I hate when it's 100% CGI. Like, I liked Ghost a lot, and I reference it a lot, but there was one point where a an iguana pirate ship is fighting one of the monsters, and it looks real bad, y'all.
1: You really hated the CG there. <laughs> it
0: just looked bad. And so when they do the interplay of practical and CGI, it looks really nice, and mm-hmm. it's probably cheaper.
1: Mm. All right, because Ultraman has... A long enough history of building the practical effects for the sort of the giant scenes and for the regular world scenes, mm-hmm. um, and especially when you watch the old ultimate scenes, it's like they are cutting back and forth, and they are doing their best to imply that these things are happening together. But they there's mm-hmm. no way of getting them in the same shot. They can do some like forced perspective stuff sometimes, but yeah. um, they've done there's like a really good job of foreground and background. Uh, if you watch the Latest, latest series, Mm -hmm. uh, Ultraman Rube, as in red, blue. Yeah. Um, There's a really good scene with a lot of, a lot of layers of elements of the guy on his bike, of the trees in the middle ground, and the monster stomping along in the background. And they've got also like the camera shakes synced up with the monster steps and everything.
0: Yeah. And I, I think Ultraman is probably a particularly polished example because I still think probably Kamen Rider and Super Sentai are on the more, like, we're going to do this cheaply because we want to get out an episode every single
1: week. Toei is balancing a lot of things, while Tsuburaya is, like, they are a special effects company are, that are making a special effects show.
0: They are Ultraman. And mm-hmm. Toei does, they like, i got their fingers in a lot of pies, so they can't really afford to spend a lot of time making sure it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you want something that is visually just, like, very appealing, I think Ultraman's good for that.
1: So- um I don't know. I I wanna find a way to shoe in talking about shoe watch. I
0: don't know
1: shoe watch? Yeah, you might not remember, but in the first episode, when he like took off after the end of the fight, he went SHWACH up into the sky. Oh, and he just flew? That is an Ultraman thing. <laughs> okay. Of Ultraman saying Shuatch as they <laughs> fly off.
0: Does it mean anything or is that what they say?
1: It is just a noise that they make. <laughs> Sh-watch. <laughs> Sh-watch! <laughs> Anyways, I couldn't find an easy way to shoehorn that in <laughs> all these episodes, so I want to talk about... That's fine.
0: Know. Here, I'll shoehorn in one thing that I also noticed that I was really into. Um, which is, whenever you see a space on TV and it doesn't look like a set. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly, not just like looking like a real space, but looking like it's a space that people actually live in. Mm-hmm. Because the where the SSP do all of their stuff. I think she lives there, and they are just, like, using it as their office also.
1: I but, think like, they all
0: live there. No, she told Shin, like, don't you ever go home? Why are you at the office? Oh, yeah,
1: because he's sleeping on the floor because he thinks it's better for him.
0: Yeah. Um. So there are, there's, like, a lot of junk around. They have all of their, like, monster hunting stuff, and she's got, like, clothes and stuff. And it there's just so much junk, like, somebody who actually lives in a tiny space. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other example, because... It never bothers me really when a pl- thing doesn't have it, but when it does, I always notice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the only other example I can think of that I particularly noticed was a show called Shameless, mm-hmm. which I think you would hate. But, um, but but
1: what's the situation?
0: Well, it's just it's it's like a really big weird family, like dysfunctional family living in a in a house together. All right. And it looks exactly like a family with seven kids house would look because there are like toys all over the floor and there's like laundry just kind of in random places and there's just like shit laying around
1: there's too much going on to ever maintain cleanliness in the place
0: yeah exactly so i think just whenever I particularly notice something like that, it doesn't look like someone came in and professionally cleaned. It looks like someone actually lives there and mm-hmm. has too much on their plate to be cleaning all the time. Mm-hmm. It just looks really nice and it kind of adds more of a level of believability.
1: Yeah. My favorite thing about the SSP base is how you can tell from all the knickknacks, you get sort of a general sense that like all three of them have contributed a bunch of junk to the room like, because they are all three, even though they're similar people, They do definitely have, like, uh, three different sort of separate aesthetic tastes. And you can (laughs) tell from, like, the jumble of the room. It's like, yeah, these things are probably, like, in particular, like, you can see, like...
0: The inventions that are obviously Shin's stuff.
1: Yeah, and you can see the other stuff that's obviously the more, like, masculine stuff and the more feminine stuff.
0: Yeah, and behind behind Shin's... Because they all have computers. Behind Mm -hmm. Shin's computer, there's a big chalkboard that he just kind of writes shit on sometimes to... I think it's just more of evidence that he's a genius boy rather Sometimes than, like, he needs being an relevant. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice detail that I like when I see.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of the show? I like the show. I like the show a lot. You think it's a lot of fun?
0: I think it's fun. I, well, you know, I have my problem with the female characters because just Tokusatsu is like this.
1: But you think it's easy to watch and you could watch more of it?
0: Yeah, I definitely could watch more of it.
1: hmm I'm glad to hear that. I definitely <laughs> want to get back to watching this series. Yeah.
0: I like the characters, and like I said, the episodes are feel really short, and they're definitely shorter than the stuff we've been watching lately, just mm-hmm. by virtue of being 25 minutes and not 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and the whole series is only 25 episodes.
1: Yeah. I've not... For like a long, long time, especially when I got into Shokusatsu there wasn't like a lot of like awareness of Ultraman, but like very recently... Uh, this series, Ultraman X and Ultraman Geed, I've been hearing like just that like Ultraman is like really hitting it out of the park right now, like over and over again for the past couple of series that has been do- going like really strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Orb is a relatively recent series. It was mm-hmm. a, like a year or two ago, probably is when it came out. Yeah. I mean,
1: and- I could, we could look it up specifically for the 15th anniversary, but.
0: Yeah. So what do you want to rate it?
1: Now, I can't give it to because I know that it's not really for everybody. So spicy? I suppose so, because it's not, it's not, like, bad but fun to watch. It's it's good, but just with some problems.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't even think the problems are, like, particularly egregious.
1: Yeah, it's not like, it's not like it's blatantly, like, sexist about it. it's, like, one female character. It's not like Smurf yeah. a tag-along that would definitely earn it a sour or bitter rating.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah. I I don't know. I really, really like the show, so I guess I'll give it Spicy, because I could see that being a turnoff to a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, just by virtue of how they treat their one female character. <laughs> but she's mostly a cool main character.
1: Yeah, Spicy's a good rating.
0: Yeah. Spicy.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm uh, also contributing to Spicy is the fact that it is a tokusatsu, which is not a... not a genre that a lot of people are into. At least a lot of Westerners. Yeah, it's not really something that's... It's not nearly taken off. It's nowhere near that.
0: Yeah, so if you're somebody who's, like, into Japanese media anyway, you might want to consider a tokusatsu, even if you just normally watch anime. Oh, yeah. Or if you, like... Superhero stuff in the US, maybe Mm -hmm. you'd like it. It's not as, it's not really gritty at all.
1: I think that it would not be that hard for anime and superhero fans to jump over to tokusatsu. Yeah. You know, Um, but I understand that it's niche, so I'm not gonna...
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a good, I think that's a good rating for the show. Yeah. But definitely, I think it's one of the better ones in the genre. Mm -hmm. Just like really well put together and everything's fun.
1: Yeah. I definitely want to watch more of this series. These these are some fun-ass characters. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What are we watching next week? Do you remember? Oh gosh, off the top of my head, it's your pick though, right?
0: No, this was my this pick. This
1: was your pick. Oh my gosh. This was a good-ass pick. <laughs> Thank you. My pick is, oh yeah, it's Young Justice because that's a good-ass series that you haven't seen.
0: Yeah, I've never seen Young Justice.
1: It's very that's good.
0: That's animated, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It got two seasons and um, people really wanted more, but... Uh, I guess we'll mention it in the episode, but it is finally getting its third season soon. Oh, great!
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. I was gonna say it's 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 recent. Not it's, it's not an older show. It's not that old. It's not Justice League.
1: But, but it has been down since its second season for a while now. For yeah, they years. went on
0: like a little hiatus.
1: It's less of a hiatus and more like the show was canceled and fan revived <laughs> and uncancelled. Yes.
0: Yeah. Do you think this will be its last season, though? Because a lot of times when something gets fan-revived, it doesn't last for more than another season.
1: Unclear. I think that they're... We should wait. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, hey, you know what? Oftentimes, there's a lot of questions that uh, we don't have the answers to that we don't end up doing the research on. mm mm-hmm. um, so this is one case in which I can promise you the next time I'll have done some freaking research on the okay. upcoming third season.
0: Well, and if there's anything that we didn't do research on that you really want to know about, feel free to hit us up on our Twitter at TVD Pod or on our Tumblr at TVD Podcast, mm-hmm. um, and just like send us a message or an ask and be like, "Hey, you never talked about this, and we could write up a little post about it."
1: Yeah, that look at you with the good transitions. <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, next week is the last week of Superhero September.
1: All right. I am so sad that we're moving away from superheroes and into spooky <laughs> and stuff. Into spookies. Because I have really, really enjoyed this month.
0: I know. You've been, like, incredibly into this month. And I've I've really enjoyed myself this month, even though I'm kind of falling off of the superhero wagon. At least superhero TV show wagon. Obviously, comic books are a different monster altogether.
1: You were never on that wagon.
0: I am on the wagon. I am just like hanging on.
1: You are adjacent to the wagon. I'm,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm like a spider clinging to the side of the wagon.
1: But you're super going to enjoy next month, and I'm going to be a good sport about it.
0: And you're gonna be, you're gonna, you're gonna survive.
1: <laughs> I'll uh, no, I'll be fine. I'm sure. Like it's not like scary shows are without levity and I trust uh, that the shows are at least going to have some, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah. So, um, and Young Justice is the only cartoon we pick we've picked for the entire double feature.
1: Oh, real.
0: Which is interesting, especially for superhero month.
1: Yeah. After this is done, I'm definitely going to want to pick a couple cartoons. <laughs> some anime maybe. All
0: right. So stay tuned for Young Justice next week. And don't forget, we have another month of weekly episodes, so if you've been really enjoying the weekly episodes, it's not done yet. We're not even halfway done yet.
1: Which is a little scary. <laughs> but we're really, we're managing it. We're good. We're good. I'm an adult. That that You're making it ring false. It's not false. We're doing good. We are <laughs> actually good. genuinely doing good. Okay,
0: bye! Bye!